White House of Hope Church. How is everybody doing this morning? Oh, wow. This is beautiful. I mean, it's nice to have two services, but it's even nicer to see you guys together. You enjoying this time together? Man, the voices are loud and praising the Lord. Man, I've been so excited. Uh, I'm so excited to bring a word in the Fire and Honey series. Pastor Tim, you've been killing it. Amen. Has anyone, yeah, you've been enjoying the series? So I have the privilege to, to maybe put the capstone on it. Pastor Tim texted me, and my first response is, how? But I know you're not supposed to do that, so I responded with, wow. <laughs> Thankful for the experience and honored to be up here. The Lord has been speaking to me as well, and, and hopefully I can give you something today. Are you ready for a word? Are you ready for a word? Yes. Because that always helps. That always helps if the soil's ready and the soil is prepped and prepared for me to lay a seed and the Holy Spirit to lay a seed in your heart that could ultimately change your life forever. And I get nervous sometimes when I'm up here because I believe that what I say has the potential to affect your life for all of eternity. That what I say and the words that I bring to you is life and death, is powerful. And I need to listen to the Holy Spirit, amen, to give you a word that will potentially transform your life into becoming more and more like Christ. We want to be like you, Jesus. Come on, let's take a second and just look to Jesus. Just look to Jesus in this time. The sweetness of his spirit, the honey, and the fire. In the favor of the Lord. Come on, lift your heart to heaven. The favor of the Lord in this room. The spirit of the living God is here. No matter what, what situation you're going through, no matter what's on your brain, no matter what the noise has been like out there, you come in here and you yell out sanctuary and you find your hope and your purpose and your meaning all in the shadow of his wings. Let him raise you up today. Let him lift your soul, lift your burden. Oh my, as I'm sharing this right now, I believe the Lord is lifting your heart. Oh Son, you don't need to carry that weight anymore. Daughter, you don't need to carry that weight on anymore. Come to him. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Let's open our Bibles to Luke 11, verse 17. Everybody got your Bible? Come on, your sword, your Excalibur, your word of God. Let's open up your Bible to Luke 11, let's hear the page, pages turning. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? You're better than that. Is everybody good? Come on now. There's a lot of people in this room. I should be hearing you today. <laughs> How are we doing, church online? You here? You here with us, ready for the fire and the honey? <laughs> All right, Luke 11, verse 17. This is where we'll start today. This will give us a context. I believe the Lord wants to speak to us. Actually, I don't have it up here. Let's start in 14. I'm sorry. So this would just, you just have to bring your Bible next time. Sorry about that. All right. Here we go. Verse 14. I'm going to start there, and then you guys can pick up in 17. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen. And it says, Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke. 
When the demon left, the man who had been mute, he was free. (laughs) Jesus was driving out a demon, a man that was mute. He was in chains. He was in bondage. And Jesus cast out that spirit, and the man who had been mute spoke. Amen. And the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts. Here we go. And said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And a house, everybody say house. house. Divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your fathers followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, which I am, he's saying I am, which I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Verse 21. I know there's, there's going to be a lot here, but just bear with me. When a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions... Are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me, everyone say, with me. This is Jesus. Everyone who's not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters, wanders, wavers. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Holy smokes. This is Jesus. This ain't me. This is Jesus, okay? As Jesus was saying these things, a woman interrupted. Gosh, I wish he would just kept talking. But she interrupted and said, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. If you're blessed, would you say amen? Amen. That's right. The benefits of his favor. You're blessed in this room. I want to talk to you from the context of protecting this house. Everyone say it with me. Protect this house. Protect this house. But before I want to get, I'm going to kind of start, but not start yet. Before I talk about protecting the house, I want to start somewhere with you. In uh, college, I had an art professor. Yes, I, I took art. I, I wasn't your prototypical athlete, though. Don't go there. I did maybe wear sweatpants and stuff, but can I? <laughs> I had an art professor. I love to draw. If you know me, I love to draw. I'm kind of artsy, believe it or not. I do, Ollie. I like to, Ollie looked at me like, no, I don't. I do. I like to draw. Uh, but I had this art professor. And before we could even start, okay, he comes up the first day of the class, the syllabus day, and he says, before you can draw, before you can pick up a piece of paper, what we need to teach you to do is to be able to. See. Who knew that? Someone knew that. We've got to teach you to be able to see. So if you have a still life in front of you, you've got to be able to see the, the proportions. You've got to be able to see the reflected light. You've got to be able to see the shadows. And you've got to be able to see all these types of So the, the most important, before you ever create your masterpiece, before, Dustin, you ever start drawing, we've got to teach you to be able to see. 
See the relationships. See how they develop. See the proportions from one thing to another. And I want to start out today by telling you, or making sure that you see the value that's inside your soul. The value sitting in this room, the gems, the jewels. I mean, I mean, have you forgotten that for God so loved you that he died on the cross for your sins? Have you forgotten that his grace is more than enough? His grace is sufficient in your life. That you have the power of the resurrected Christ on the inside of you. Do you know that? That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That your life is beautiful according to the Lord. That you are blameless in his sight because of the blood of Jesus. Do you know the value of your life? You're part of the body of Christ. Do you believe it today? And we have faith that can move mountains, people. And if we ask anything in his name, we will receive it in Jesus' name. Do you know the value and the power within your soul? Do you know that you are a treasure to the Lord? That you are God's royal priesthood, a holy nation set apart for a specific purpose. Do you know that, that your heart for the Lord, that, that, that it's contagious, that, that what you do and the way that you live, it can spread like wildfire. If you just light the match with inside, if you let the fire burn in your life, man, the value in your heart and in your life, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Hey, young person out there, I want you to start off and you realize that you are so valuable and you don't need to give yourself to anybody. You don't need to have a certain number of followers or likes to be something. You are invaluable in the kingdom of God and to your Father in heaven, who is Jesus Christ. Sometimes I think we try to jump away and jump, and we just we just mix in with the crowd. There's a lot of people here this morning, and it's easy to mix in. But the Lord wants to pinpoint you, not to bring fear into your life, but to bring grace and mercy and the benefits of His favor. It's for you, the touch of God. It's for you, forgiveness. It's for you. Your sins are washed away in Jesus' name. Come on, someone say it's for me this morning. It's for me. Come on, we can give God praise. It's for me. Hallelujah. It's for me. The value, the treasure that's inside my soul. When God knit me together before I was in my mother's womb. Yeah, there might have been difficult circumstances, situations. You might not even know who this God is. But this God knows you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And this might be the first time you're ever hearing it, but it's not a coincidence that you're here today. And you need to hear a word from the Lord that says, man, you're right where he wants you. The soft heart, the humble heart, here you are. God, do with me what you will. Make me your vessel. Do with me what you will. You're right where God wants you. He wants to show you, hey, you're valuable to me. Your life is a jewel. It it is gold to me. And there's some purifying process, there's refining process, there is a process to this life. But when you receive Jesus, you are made blameless and you are a child of the living God. So what are the implications of being a child of the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords? I want, I want to tell you today that because of the value on your life, because of the significance of your life, we need to protect the house. A national bank protects the money. 
How do they protect it? By a humongous safe. What is that saying? That the value inside of that safe is a lot. <laughs> and a residential property, our house, our homes, we lock them up. What are we saying? Some of us might be fearful or scaredy cats, but we're saying my possessions at my house are valuable. My son and my daughter are valuable. My wife is valuable. And I don't want to be while I'm sleeping. I don't... I, you understand what I'm saying? We need to protect the house. You need to protect your heart. Young person, you need to protect your body. You need to protect. Old person, you need to protect. And ultimately, as, as Pastor Tim was sharing these last few weeks, I really felt on my heart a pressing need to protect the words that God has given to you. Protect the experiences, the encounters with the Lord, because it's easy oftentimes, believe it or not, to receive right in here and walk out that door and the enemy steals it right away. Matter of fact, one of the most powerful times in my life when I was 17 years old, I went to the altar one time and I was crying my eyes out. I just did that. I did that all the time. It wasn't out of condemnation or guilt or anything. I just went to the altar. That's the thing I just used to do and still need to do it more. But go to the altar. Not out of a workout, but I went to the pastor and I said, I feel like every time I have great experiences with God, but then when I leave, the, the enemy steals it from me. And I don't want him to steal anymore. My parents were there. I was 17 years old in March. I don't know the year. I have it written down. And he just prayed, and we just prayed, and we just prayed, and we prayed. And it's not the enemy hasn't, hasn't stolen at times. But that mindset was just so beautiful. <sighs> Lord, I want you to have all of me today. I want to protect the house. Help me to realize the value. Come on, would you pray right now? Help us to realize the value inside of our hearts. A kingdom divided against itself will not stand. Hope our lives not to be divided, Lord. We understand, and you understand that there's so much in our culture and there's so much pull this way and that way to cause us to waver or to doubt or certain things, God, but your spirit is so strong and powerful and we've heard amazing words from you and I pray that we would cherish those words. We would hold them close to our heart. We would not forget them. And we would not let the enemy snatch those seeds. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So that can just be the word, and you can leave if you want, or you can continue. You can continue with me here. This idea of protecting the houses. So I got a story. You mind if I share a story with you? <laughs> Do you mind? Would you say, I don't mind? I don't mind. All right. <laughs> so I, as I shared before that there has been times in my life of process that I've been a scaredy cat. Okay. I've shared that before, I think. Right. I've been a scaredy cat. Pastor Tim, have you been a scaredy cat ever? Never. Right. <laughs> so I, I would kind of be ashamed to admit the age when this happened. I'm not sure how old I was, maybe 18, maybe 17. I'm not sure. I came home from Maybe I was like 20. I don't know. I think I came home from school one day, and it's light out. Gosh, I can't believe I'm sharing this story. Uh, and uh, I go sit. No, one, no one's around. No one's there. And I sit down, 
And uh, I don't turn the TV on. I don't know what I was doing. But I heard a noise upstairs. You ever, you ever been there? Oh, gosh. I heard a noise upstairs. I'm just sitting there on the couch like this. I'm like, oh, man. I don't think anyone's here. Ah, oh, sitting there. Okay, and I'm like, all right. So maybe it was just in my head. Then I hear another noise. I'm like, someone's walking around upstairs. Did anyone have a lot of dialogue in their head? Like, that's, that's me. I talk to myself a lot. I'm like, man, someone, someone's upstairs. Gosh. Okay, here, here it is. If it's one more time, if I hear it one more time, I'm going to do something about it, okay? <laughs> Sitting there on the couch, and uh, I hear it one more time. So I go, I go to the bottom of my parents' steps. And I know that our great uncle has given us a revolver. And we have it right in the closet. I don't know why we had it in the closet. We had the ammo right there too. <laughs> I mean, I went straight to it, guys. I went straight to it. This is no lie. I told my parents after this. And I loaded it up. Loaded the revolver up. <laughs> Here I go, walking up the steps. It's like kind of a curve like this. And uh, I can only think of like... The James Bond movies is the only reference point I have. So here I go. Walk up the steps, nice and quietly, nice and soft, just like, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. <laughs> right before, this is my parents' master bedroom. Right before I'm about to go in the door. I kid you not. I kid you not. Standing there with the revolver back against the door. And I'm like, it's really about to happen. I mean, have you ever been there or you're just not as insane as me? I'm like, I literally get it in my mind that this could go down right here, right now. And I'm like, all right, you just, you just, you just got to do it. You got to do it. And so I, I, I didn't kick open the door because I, I don't know. I was, uh, so like I opened it quiet, walked, looked in the room, nothing, nothing there. Go back into the laundry room, the master bathroom and... Nothing there, man. Nothing there. I don't, I don't, I really don't know what happened. I told my parents about it, and my, and my grandma was living with us at the time. And mom said, What if grandma was up there? <laughs> grandma was watching online, probably. Grandma, I'm glad I didn't shoot you. If that was, if that was you, man. Oh, you had a lot more years left. <laughs> I. That's what mom said. What if grandma was up there? And I was like, yeah, it reminded me of Dumb and Dumber. What if he shot you in the face? <laughs> I didn't think that through, but thank the Lord there was no one up there. Could have shot Buster or something. I, I, I was, gosh, that's scary. That's scary. So anyways, I just told you that. <laughs> so who are you? are you? Are you someone that would do that? Are you, are you the person, are you the husband, the, the wife, like something's downstairs, would you check? And you go down in your underwear and you actually check, like, and you're not that afraid, like, do you do that? I, f I feel proud that I do that, I do that, but I'm, we, we've, we've done that a few times. We need to protect the house. We need to not be insane like me in that story. We need to protect the house. What are the houses? Well, we got the church, we got the body of Christ, the house of the Lord, the ecclesia, the called out ones. We have our household. We have our household that we need to protect the house. And we have our own 
right? Our own bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, our houses of the Lord, and we need to protect our house. So you say, Dustin, what am I protecting my house from? I don't want to insult your intelligence, but I also don't want to assume anything. We need to protect it from a lot of things, but specifically, just maybe a refresher, you obviously know this, but there's a flesh, there's the enemy, and there's the world. Before I talk about what we need to protect ourselves from, I want to clarify that when, we're, when I'm talking about protection and I'm talking about boundaries, we're not getting smaller. Our goal is not to avoid people, you know, when protecting the house, the goal is not to avoid people. We're not being exclusive. We are placing boundaries of protection so our soul can flourish. So the honey can drip and keep on dripping. So the fire can burn and keep on burning. You see, we have boundaries. The Lord has placed restrictions on our lives, laws in the universe to say, if you live within this, you can be free. But if you step out of the boundaries, it's actually not freedom. It's a form of slavery and bondage. Let me explain. If you say, well, well, I'm not going to be a Christian because I want to look at porn, the reality is it's, it's not freedom to be able to do that. You're actually wrapping yourself in another form of bondage. It's actually slavery. And same with alcohol or drugs or anything of that nature can be a form of slavery. That's why the Bible tells us, Galatians 1, to, to, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So don't let us be bound again by any type of yoke of slavery, even a religious type of yoke of slavery. No, we're called by the grace of God to be free. And we need to protect ourselves and set boundaries so that ultimately we can be free. Our minds can be free. Our hearts can be free. And we can walk in the peace of God and the honey and the fire and everything that we've talked about. But I really believe that the Lord is calling us today to survey or take inventory of how we are ultimately protecting our house. And we're not protecting ourselves from the Lord. We're not guard- when the Bible tells you to guard your heart, you're not guarding your heart from the Lord, right? You let the Lord have your heart. But we're in a war and we need to protect our house. Let's start with the flesh. Talk about the flesh. The flesh is, again, I don't want to insult your toes, but it's this, that sinful nature, as Paul calls it, that we were born with, that actually desires, listen, what's contrary to the Spirit. In other words, it desires what's contrary to the honey. So when Pastor Tim's speaking about the honey and something inside of you is like, hmm, that's the flesh. And the fire, it desires what's contrary to the fire. Your flesh desires what's contrary to the benefits of his favor, believe it or not. That's not, that's not for me. The flesh is the sinful nature. It, it stinks that it's still with us even though we're saved. It stinks that person inside me that I thought was gone in high school or whatever when I overcame that, right? There's just, there's, there's just that, that little person, Dustin, get out of my life, right? <laughs> we don't want him there. But the flesh will always be there. That's why it's so important to be in touch and in tune with the Spirit. That we can read the Word in the flesh. We can come to church in the flesh. We can do our daily life in the flesh. 
And we don't want to be like that. I hope after the last few weeks of Pastor Tim preaching, you're like, I want to stay far away from the flesh, man. Holy Spirit, come have your way in me. The flesh is a natural skeptic. It's critical and dishonoring. And it paralyzes any growth in the Spirit. Back to verse 24 in Luke 11, it says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, how does it come out? It's released by the power of Jesus and the spirit. It goes through arrow places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. But I'm here to tell you today that it's not enough just to be swept clean and in order. That it's easy for us to maintain. It's easy for us to grow complacent in the flesh. It's easy for us not desire more and more things of God. Keep advancing, right, Dad? Keep advancing in the kingdom of God. And what happens? It's swept clean and in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits. Have you heard Joyce Meyer say with, with new levels, there's new devils, right? Takes seven other spirits. I didn't say it. Jesus did more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. It's not enough just to have a broom and a a mop and some bleach. you got to have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. When the flesh comes, when the, the adversary comes, which is your soul, The flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit. We need to have more. Without the spirit, we're empty and lacking. And we're susceptible. I'm not here to put fear in your life, but we're here when we're susceptible. But not with with the Holy Spirit, we are not. (laughs) And so the church says, amen. Let's move on to the enemy. The enemy. We need to protect ourselves from the enemy. I've had a challenging season the last couple years, can I be on, or the last year, let's put it that way, not a couple years. Have you? Have you had a challenging year? Have you felt the enemy? Have you felt the war? Well, raise your hand if you felt the enemy, you felt the war. We're in a war, man. And I, I was hearing stories, I hate the news. Do you hate the news? <laughs> I, I was hearing stories about churches about numbers in churches, about pastors, about leadership, about people in churches. And I got really discouraged, you know. I was struggling. I felt like the enemy was winning. You ever feel like the enemy's winning? You're like, God, man. And the Lord, I I genuinely feel like just listen, the Lord spoke to my heart. I shared this at the worship night. And it shouldn't surprise me he just spoke to me and said, Jezebel wants it all. The enemy wants it all. And I've heard stories about the spirit of Jezebel. I've heard, I've heard about the enemy. And, but it wasn't until that week in my Bible plan, my one-year Bible, it was that week that I started reading about Elijah and the power that that man had. That's pretty cool, right? The power of Elijah, and he called down the fire from heaven and it, and it filled up the altar, and the people of Baal, the Baal gods, the Baal worshipers. Baal didn't respond. The other gods didn't respond, but our God did, right? And he responded by fire. Thank the Lord. 
of who the prophet Elijah and these prophets in the Old Testament scripture that, that show us the potential of our relationship with the Lord. And they give us the lens of what it's going to look like as followers of Jesus in the future. But Elijah, there's this man that with such power and such boldness. It's crazy, such courage to stand before those Baal worshipers and say, man, where is your God? And then he says, put the water on the altar. Keep putting the water on the altar. Pour more jars around the church. Pour more, because my God will answer. And he believed him, and he stood up with faith and, and was assured of, of what God, that God would come through. And here he is, this woman, Jezebel, says that she's going to what? I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And what does Elijah do? Oh, I, I would be so ready. Elijah, what you going to do? Elijah, what you going to do? And he runs away and hides under a tree. And God comes to him. The Lord comes to him and says, Elijah, what are you doing out here? What are you doing out here? And he's like, this woman, Jezebel, she's going to kill me. And you're like, What? She's going to, but do you, do you, and he said, God asked him again, what are you doing out here? And this, this Jezebel, she's going to kill me. I ran away. And I felt the Lord whisper to me that there's men and women of God that are leaders and that are so powerful and strong, sitting under trees, afraid and ready to give up because they think the enemy's going to kill them. And God comes to you and says, what are you doing out here? Don't you know the power that you got on the inside of you? Come on, somebody. The power that you got on the inside of you. Elisha, do you not know what you possess? The power of the resurrected Lord on the inside of your soul. We used to sing a song back in the day and it was like this. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back and I and I went to the and I took back and he's under, he's under my feet. He's under, he's under my feet. Yeah, he's under. Yeah, he's under. And Satan is under my feet. Hmm. Verse 21, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides his plunder. There's layers to this scripture. The first context that I want to look at is when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. And that, that can be us. But when the enemy comes stronger and attacks and overpowers, he can take away our armor, which can be really demoralizing, in which the man had trusted and set us up for shame, set us up in a place where we don't want to be. But then there's a, another layer, that the enemy is the strong man, fully armed, 
And he's trying to guard the possessions that he has to keep them safe. But when someone stronger by the name of Jesus Christ attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder and puts him to shame. As far as I can remember, the scripture says that Jesus disarms the power of the enemy, that he breaks the chains of the bondage in your life and the spirits that's been on your life and the generational curses that you come in with. Man, you don't have to live under it anymore. Let the Lord break the yoke of the chains on your life. No power can stand against that. Amen? Hallelujah. He disarms. Jesus disarms the enemy. He disarms Jezebel and makes us public spectacle of her by nailing all of our sin, all of our shame on the cross. He disarms the power of the enemy. So do you think you want to stay close to the Holy Spirit? I, I refuse to go back to, to working in my own strength. I refuse to go back and live off of my intelligence, my intellect, my, my knowledge, my desire to do this or do that. Lord, you, God, God, take control. We've all said it. Everybody said that they've experienced the spirit of the enemy, the attacks of the enemy, but it's by the power of the spirit that no weapon formed against you shall what? In Jesus' name, it can form all at once, but it can't stand. In Jesus' name, oh, the power that you got. Oh, the power that you got. And you know you're the priesthood. You know you're the ones, the holy nation, set apart by God for a specific purpose. Do you know you, not just me, you got it. And God comes to you and you might just be, oh, just, just, I'm just sitting under a tree. Maybe you're afraid, maybe not, you're just here. And God wants to call you up. Do you know what you got, man? Do you know what's on the inside of you? I'm believing it for every person today. Lord, show every person what they got on the inside. Reveal to them the jewels. Show them gold in their head. Show them gems, Lord. Jesus, the way that you see them, man. When they pray, the way, God, Jesus. And then the world, we have to protect ourselves. From what? The flesh, the enemy, in the world, the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit in Galatians 3. And the enemy, of course, is our adversary. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy and take away everything God intends for good in your life. You know that? We're not called to play around with the enemy. He wants to steal, young person, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But listen, if you stay close to Jesus, what did Jesus say? He says, uh, whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. You want to be close to Jesus. We want to stay close to Jesus. Because the enemy, even though he wants to talk a big game and play, he's the father of lies. And he wants to steal and take away your dream, take away your purpose, take away everything God intends for good in your life. Hmm. Hmm. You hear that, David? You hear that, David, out there? Daniel? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego? You hear that young prophets playing, playing church games, 
Maybe you're online. We're, we're playing. We're watching. We're and you got, you got the power of Jesus inside your soul to change your circle. Influence everybody that your life touches. You. You have the power. And we're playing games. Lord, help us not to play games. Help us to get back in the water. Get back in the grace. Get back in the honey and the sweetness. I never want to go back to anything other than that. So the third thing is the world. I know there's a lot. You getting anything today? Say amen. 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 The world. So I, 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 can't, I can't lie on the pulpit. I'm almost done this book. I stopped reading this book. But it's a good book. Boundaries. Okay, so protection from the world. Boundaries. Let me give you, this is by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. It's, it's a really valuable book. There's a whole bunch of different boundaries like books boundaries with children marriage and different things like that but but basically so i'm going to talk about the world so there's like this it's hard because right for god so loved the world right but if we love the world like what we don't love god scripture says or something and we're supposed to be in the world but not of the world and so we have this kind of god this balance beam of playing how can we be in the world how can we love the world but but yet not know that we're not home yet and and how can we how can we balance this in essence this book talks about that we all picture your life as a house and we all have a property line right and we have a fence around our house we don't have walls Okay, the fence is breathable. We can see in, we can look out, okay, and we have a gate. And the gate is to let things into our life that need to be in and let things out of our life that need to be let out. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the discernment about what are the things and the people that we need to let out of our lives and what are the things we need to let in. When I'm preaching to you, what are the things that, God, there's things in my life that might be clogging my mind, clouding my heart. What are the things I need to let go of and release? And then what are those things that I need to open up my heart and say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way in me. There's people that love you today that you've restricted, that you've kept the, you've kept the gate closed and you need to open it up. And there's people that you've kept on to, maybe it's relationships that are not good because bad company corrupts good character and we need to let go of and we need to get rid of because you need and we need and I need to protect the house so it's important that we have boundaries and we ask the Holy Spirit to give us the discernment about what we need to let in and what we need to let out because we are in a battle and we can't afford all you can't afford we can't afford to play around And it's only by the grace of God. It's only by the sweetness of His Holy Spirit. It's only by the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we can ultimately succeed in this in loving union with the Father and the power of the Spirit. Let's look back in verse 23 again. Whoever is not with me is against me, but we are with Him, right? I want you to think about Emmanuel, God, with us. Whoever is not with me, it's important to be with him. Whoever does not gather with me, what do we do? We wander. If we're not with Jesus, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in us, man, we can, 
We can get way off. If we don't have the compass, we can get way off. That the Holy Spirit lives inside us. So how do we gather with Jesus? Well, the body of believers is the body of Christ. Right? Am I, am I wrong? So you say, gather with me. How do I do that? Well, there's, there's multiple ways. The church is the body of Christ. So it's important to gather with the body of Christ. If you don't gather with me, you what? You scatter. How else can I be with Jesus? Jesus, my body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. My body has Jesus on the inside. Can we talk to him? Can we ask him what to do in this situation or that? Can we ask him for wisdom and discernment? We have access to the most holy, intimate relationship with God. We have to be close to Jesus. Intimacy, abiding in Jesus. If you remain in me and I in you. Lord, help us to see that today. Come on, would you open up your hands, open up your heart and ask the Lord, God, I want to abide in you. Come on, imagine under the shelter of the Most High. Imagine his wings coming around you and enveloping you. Come on, open up your heart. Open up your spirit. Don't let your heart, don't let your heart be hardened right now. Soften your heart. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, have your way in me. I need to protect the house. I thank you that my sins are gone. I'm not looking at them anymore. I'm looking at you and me, God. How can, give me discernment. Give me wisdom, Lord. You will raise up a standard among us, Lord, I believe for every person. In Jesus' name, amen. And then the final thing is this, as we can kind of get ready to close. Ephesians 6. If you're not convinced that we need to protect the house, man, You've been hearing words. You should go back and listen to all the Fire and Honey series. But in the context of that, how can I protect these words? How can I protect Pastor Tim? How can I protect the church? How can I protect my household? How can I protect myself, my wife, my son, my daughter, and my son on the way? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ephesians 6, 10 says this, finally. Are we there? Say, I'm there. Ephesians 6.10, from 10 years old to 110 years old, would you circle this? Because if you're still breathing and you're still alive, you need to know this. You need to know this. Finally, Paul's writing this. Finally, be strong. I like strong. You like strong. I like strong. Not weak. Ollie, we like strong, man. We're getting, we're getting strong in the gym, right? We're good. All right. Finally, be strong, what, in yourself? In your own strength? Be strong in the Lord. Positionally, be strong in the Lord. Not in your own strength. Not trying to strive and do it and do church and do ministry and do life and ask for healing and ask for deliverance and have a life of faith in your own strength, but only in the power of the Lord and in His mighty power. 
Be strong. Guys, we can't do it in our own strength. I might sound loud and proud and passionate, but I can't do it just by my loud and passionate voice. We got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. We got to have his strength. Come on. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Because we need to protect ourselves because a kingdom divided against itself will not stand and a house divided against itself will not stand. My house, my life, my household, my family, my marriage, my church, it will not stand if it's divided. And the enemy wants to come and divide. Picture that. The enemy wants to come and divide, cause discord, dissension. He wants to separate you and your family. He wants to separate you and your church. He wants to separate. That's just what he does. And it's amazing, but it's, 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 it's amazing how he does it. It's crazy. He's been a deceiver and the father of lies since the beginning. But Lord, oh God, help us to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. you got to understand that your battle is not against your brother. you got to understand that. Your battle is not against that other church, that other pastor, that other person. Your battle is not against the person sitting to your right or to your left. The person's not, come on, it's not against them. It's a spirit. So let us pray against the spirits that are over territories, the principalities that are over different regions. We need to pray more and more for, for the, the Spirit of God to break down the strongholds of the enemy. God, reveal it, expose it in our lives. Help us to realize those, li those little, little seeds of poison in our life that, that cause discord and dissension and, and uh, hatred and injustice. Come on, somebody. The, the, the enemy wants the blacks and the whites to be divided. Come on. The enemy wants the blacks and the whites to be divided and the liberals and the republicans to be divided and the country to be divided and the church and the household and the marriages to be divided. But the Lord desperately wants unity because that's where the anointing flows and that's where the honey flows and that's where the fire rages wild in Jesus' name. And that's what we want. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. This same word put on is in Luke 24 where Jesus says, wait for the Holy Spirit to be clothed with power from on high. Clothed. So, so continually put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, it don't, know, it don't matter how many devils. Bring seven Bring 14. It don't matter how many devils come. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, this is a whole nother message in itself, but I'm just going to read it for you. Stand firm then 
with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the, easy one, e- the evil one. How many? All of them? Just some of them? All of them. Extinguish all. Someone say all. Extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Can the band come up? Verse 27, when that woman interrupts like Roberta. (laughs) I didn't have that in my notes. That That was by the Holy Spirit, I think. (laughs) oh man I'm gonna get it no I'm just kidding as Jesus was saying these things a woman in the crowd called out this is verse 27 of Luke 11 blesses the mother who gave you birth and nursed you and he replied and this is who he's talking to he's talking to you he's talking to you and talking to me blessed rather Blessed, rather, are you who hear the word of God and obey it. You are blessed. You are blessed. I know about your unanswered prayers. I know about your questions. I know about your depression and your anxiety. I know what you've gone through. This is what the Lord says to you. You are blessed. I look down on you and I say I'm proud. Proud of your faith. Proud of your perseverance. Proud of your commitment and your consistency. I'm proud of your heart and your sweetness. I'm proud of your grace and your love. I'm proud to say you're my child and you've never given up and hey, I've, yeah, I know you've been close to quitting and you've been like Elijah at certain times where you've sat down under the tree but today I call you up unto myself, my beloved and I say come up here, blessed one and hear the word of the Lord. Follow it. Walk. This isn't about self-cleaning or doing maintenance. It's about a new creation. It's about the old going. Because what's ahead is greater than what's behind. What's ahead is more beautiful than what's behind. And so we look ahead and we give ourselves over to the power of the Holy Spirit as we ask him to teach us to protect our houses, not out of fear. I don't lock my door out of fear, but out of knowing that we're in a war and what's inside my house is so valuable. What's inside my house is so precious that I have access 
to the Most High, that I have access to the most powerful force, or should I say person, in the entire universe, inside my soul. So help me know the value of my church, know the value of my family, and know the value of my soul. And Paul says, finishing, in verse 18 of Ephesians 6, here's what I want you to do as you put on the full armor of God. I want you to pray in the Spirit, in location, positionally. Pray in the Holy Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, don't fall asleep, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Can we stand together? This is how we protect the house. We pray. We tap into the power that we have. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Let's be done doing it in our own strength. Let's be done trying to strive to be closer to God. And let's just let him have his way. When we wake up in the morning, God, just have your way in me. God, make me your vessel. Cleanse me, mold me, transform me. Make me into the image of Christ. I know that it's a process and it's a journey. We talked about the things combating what the Spirit wants to do. What? The flesh, the enemy, and the world. It's combating. It's, it's contrary. But it has no power if we allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in us. And always remember this. Always remember. The last slide. Always remember. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Bold. That he prays for you. That while you're pouring your heart out to him, while you're crying, while you're seeking the Lord, there's no need to press and strive anymore. He is interceding for you. <laughs> right now, right now, he prays that you receive it. Right now he prays that you just get it. Receive the goodness of the Lord. Maybe you're stuck at the paragraph one of, I, I don't know that there's value in my life. What is there to protect? I just, the world, here I am. Just gonna be at the bar all the time. I'm just gonna, what do I need to protect? And God, God's here to tell you, you think you're gone? Listen, you're so valuable, brother. You're so valuable, sister. You don't need those guys anymore. You don't need those relationships anymore. You are so valuable to the kingdom of God, to Jesus himself. And if he could show you right now, I think he would point to his, his hands. I think he would point to his feet. That's why he kept the scars. He wanted to show you. He's already proven his great love for you. We, we know that some, how much something's worth by how much something will, someone's willing to pay for it. And he showed that on the cross. How much you're worth, child. How much you're worth, son. We're going to sing about the goodness of God. And I want us to just let it roar. 
man, if you want to come to the altar, we'll pray for you. If you want, whatever you want to do in this time, we, do you need to protect the house? Come on, say amen if you need to protect. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let me pray. And you pray too. Jesus, we worship you. We thank you for all the words that you've given over the last few weeks. The fire and the honey, the beauty of your spirit, the benefits of your favor. But we realize that as we leave today, God, that it could easily be stolen stolen if we allow it. But help it not to be, Lord. Lord Jesus, help us to be the soil that, that gets planted and grows deep roots, that stays connected to the vine and stays connected to the body of Christ. Help us as we leave today to not let the thief come and steal any longer in Jesus' name. Even now, may the enemy not steal anything from the person to the front, even up on stage, to the back, even up, up in the booth, Lord God. Continue to have your way. Continue to speak. We yield ourselves completely to you. In Jesus' name, someone give God a shout of praise. Say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead.